This podcast is brought to you by Super Team Media. It's The Blackout, and I'm your host, Thomas Black. With this podcast, I'm excited to bring you a new regular segment of the show. Each week, I'm going to take you back through the most significant moments of each weekend's games. With each new episode of The Blackout, I'm going to take you through the moments that mean the most to the college football playoff as we work our way throughout the college football season. This past weekend, in my opinion, was the best weekend we've seen of the college football season so far. With that, I'm happy to bring you the best moments of week three. Let's start with number three. Cole Tracy to win it for LSU. Kick out of the way, and it is dead center. And the 13-game home winning streak for the Tigers has ended. on the bottom of that mayhem. And that was Brad Nessler with the call of the SEC on CBS as LSU won at Auburn 22-21 this past weekend on Cole Tracy's 42-yard field goal as time expired. LSU was rewarded in this win by moving up to number six in the country after knocking off its second top 10 team of the season. And I really don't know how they keep on doing it. Apart from having a really good defense, LSU just isn't that good of a football team. I think they've had the fortune of playing two teams that are struggling to find their identity offensively right now. With their win over Miami, it's a team that just isn't very good offensively either. And when you look at the Auburn Tigers and what they've done early in 2018, they're trying to figure out how to run an offense that's focused around Jarrett Stidham at quarterback. But Gus Malzahn loves running his offense through the running game. They simply don't have the backs right now that they can rely on. And going up against that tough LSU front seven, they simply couldn't get the running game going enough to give Stidham a lot of time. The interception on Jarrett Stidham's first pass was huge in establishing some momentum for LSU early in this game and picking up an early lead. And the defense kept up its good play throughout the game, holding the Auburn Tigers to 4 of 12 on third down conversions. To me, this LSU defense is going to keep them in a lot of games all throughout this season but I just cannot be convinced that their offense is worth anything to put them in a position to consistently repeat and win these games throughout the rest of the year. Just think about what's remaining on LSU's schedule the rest of the season. They're sitting at 3-0 and ranked sixth in the country, and I'll give you that they're probably going to win their next three games. Louisiana Tech, Ole Miss, and a game at Florida don't seem to be much of a problem for this LSU team. They're very likely to be 6-0 and and ranked in the top five in the country at that point. But in their final six games, the Tigers have to play number two Georgia, number 14 Mississippi State, number one Alabama, and they finally have to close out the season at number 22 Texas A&M. And unless this offense for LSU grows by leaps and bounds, I'm telling you, this team with Joe Burrow at quarterback and their lack of a dominant rushing attack like they've had in recent seasons – This LSU team is going to lose at least three of those final six games of the season. And that's why I believe that the 42-yard field goal made by Cole Tracy to beat Auburn is more about Auburn missing the college football playoff than it is about LSU actually having a good chance at making the college football playoff. Heading into this game, I thought that the Auburn Tigers were going to beat LSU. Had they done that, and if they were sitting at 3-0 right now, I still think the Auburn Tigers would be a long shot at the college football playoff because of their schedule. But I certainly had a better feeling about the Auburn Tigers and the rest of their schedule if they were coming off this game at 3-0 and than I do about LSU right now. 
Auburn still has the exact same four challenging opponents on their schedule remaining that the LSU Tigers do. Only they have to play more of them on the road. They have to play at number 14 Mississippi State. They host Texas A&M, and then in two of the final three weeks of the season, they have to play at number two Georgia and at number one Alabama. So when I see Cole Tracy make a 42-yard field goal as time expires for the LSU Tigers, I simply look back on this game and I say, neither one of these teams is going to make the college football playoff. They may certainly sit around for a while and have a chance at winning more games, but before the end of it, they're going to get knocked out simply because their schedules are too difficult. Now I'm moving on to a game that I feel had a bigger impact on the college football playoff. It's number The long snap is placed. The kick is on its way, and it is going left of the uprights. It's no good! It has missed! And the Cougars lead it! 24-21, 36 seconds to go! The final seconds are ticking off the clock. Kalani Satake with hugs on the sideline. A sprint to midfield. BYU 24 and Wisconsin 21. This one is done and won at Camp Randall. And that was Greg Rubel, director of broadcast media BYU and voice of the Cougars, calling the biggest upset of the weekend as the Cougars knocked off number six Wisconsin 24-21 in Madison. This one was a fascinating upset as Wisconsin came into this game as a three-touchdown favorite over BYU. And if you remember back to last season, Wisconsin was one of the teams that was in the hunt for the college football playoff down to the final moments of the season. They lost the game to Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game that would have for sure put them in the college football playoff. There's no question that this loss severely hampers the Badgers' ability to be potentially one of the final four teams in a quest to win a national championship but I don't believe this loss automatically makes Wisconsin done just quite yet. They have some challenging road games ahead playing at Iowa, at Michigan, at Penn State. I know there are some people who have already written Wisconsin off as saying they can't make the college football playoff. I'm not quite going there yet. Sure, they've dropped to number 18 in the country, and there's a long way to go up before they can get in that discussion again, but these road games provide the opportunity for Wisconsin to have the potential for a strong resume sitting at 11-1 and one going into the Big Ten Championship game if they can find a way to win all those games. BYU has a solid program, and anybody arguing that this loss ends Wisconsin's season as far as contention for the college football playoff, you've got to remember that Clemson made it last year with a loss to Syracuse. Basically, what I'm saying is I do believe that Wisconsin's good enough that they could potentially win all of these games remaining on their schedule, but then you mix in the fact with they do have three tough road games left and they would have to play Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game, barring massive injuries on that team. And I don't think Wisconsin can simply run the table and go 12-1. and I think this loss comes too early in the season, and I do think that Wisconsin probably misses out on the college football playoff maybe even because of this game as we look back later in the season. Now it's time to look at the game that I believe had the most potential for teams that could make the college football playoff. It's game number one. And that is Chris Fowler on the call for ESPN on ABC for the 24-yard touchdown pass from Dwayne Haskins to K.J. Hill, ending a run of 20 straight points for the Buckeyes to lead 33-21 on their way to a 40-28 win over TCU Saturday night. 
Of course, this one was big on a couple of fronts as Ohio State came away with a big-time win early in the season. They hadn't been tested in the first two games of the season, but the Ohio State Buckeyes came away with a win over a very, very quality opponent in TCU. Ohio State is now 3-0, and and we'll get Urban Meyer back for the remainder of the season on the sideline after his three-game suspension for his lack of involvement in the Zach Smith situation going back several years, even including time at Florida. And after another rough weekend in the Big Ten, the Ohio State Buckeyes look like the clear, far and away front runner for the Big Ten title. It'll be interesting to watch the Buckeyes the rest of the way, especially concerning the health of defensive end Nick Bosa. Bosa went down in the third quarter with an injury to his leg and had surgery earlier this week with no timetable for a return at this time. This coming week, the Buckeyes will play Tulane before a major tilt at Penn State in week five. Of course, we don't know when Nick Bosa will be back, but if the Buckeyes can survive through week five undefeated at 5-0, and look for them to go on a major run with their upcoming schedule. After the game with the Nittany Lions, Ohio State plays Indiana, Minnesota, at Purdue, Nebraska, at Michigan State, and at Maryland before closing out the season with Michigan. At this point, I would expect Ohio State to be a heavy favorite in every single game remaining on its schedule except for the game at Penn State coming up here in a couple of weeks. For now, let's keep an eye on the growth of Dwayne Haskins as he continues to play spectacular football and to see what the health is of Nick Bosa heading forward into the rest of the season. And as much as I thought this game was very important for Ohio State to win and what it means for the rest of their 2018 season – I was equally impressed with TCU. I thought the Horned Frogs came into this game and played toe-to-toe equally, if not even sometimes better than Ohio State, for about 90% of this game. In the end, you have to look at the mistakes that TCU had in the third quarter, which allowed Ohio State enough separation to pull away in this game. But other than a few mishaps early in the third quarter, I thought TCU was just as good as Ohio State throughout the rest of that game. Among the mishaps, you had the interception return for a touchdown. Of course, you had the kickoff in which the return man threw the ball forward rather than throwing a lateral. They had Ohio State completely beat on that play. It would have been a touchdown, but it was just a forward pass on the kickoff return instead. And I think you have to look early at the game, too, where Nick Bosa came around the edge, forced a fumble, and the ball was recovered in the end zone for what was called a touchdown. But on the replay, you clearly saw that Ohio State had a defender laying out of bounds with his hand on the ball, which should have resulted in a safety. Now, I don't know. Maybe Ohio State goes ahead and gets the ball after a safety, and maybe they drive down and score a quick touchdown, and maybe it benefits them. But to me, that was a bad call, and TCU should have only been down 5 nothing at the start of the game rather than 10 nothing. But regardless of the turnout of this game, I think that TCU was very, very impressive throughout most of the game. And what was starting to look like a one-horse race to me in the Big 12 with Oklahoma, I now think that they have a serious contender on their hands with the Horned Frogs. What impressed me most about TCU was the speed they seemed to have all over the field. You start with Sean Robinson at quarterback. You move to Darius Anderson at running back and Kevontae Turpin at wide receiver. That's just a few examples of what seemed to be track stars all over the field for TCU. And when you combine that kind of speed with Gary Patterson's coaching and what they displayed through most of that game on Saturday night with the tough play they had against Ohio State, I think TCU is a legitimate concern for Oklahoma inside the Big 12 and should be viewed as a possible contender for the Big 12 championship 
And at this point, I wouldn't even knock them out of a running for the college football playoff. Sure, they have an early loss, but I think the committee's going to look back on this game and remember how tight of a game it was outside of a five or ten minute span in which TCU's blunders caught up with them and gave Ohio State the edge. If it hadn't been for that stretch in the game, I think this one might have come down to a single possession, maybe even a situation in which the final team with the ball wins the game. So you look at TCU's schedule and look at what they have remaining to play. Of course, they've played their three non-conference games. With the round-robin play inside the Big 12, TCU will play the remaining schedule against all Big 12 teams. And circle October 20th when TCU hosts Oklahoma. Man, that could be an exciting game. Two dynamic quarterbacks and Sean Robinson and Kyler Murray, playmakers all over the field, and I think you're looking at a matchup in which you could see a preview of what you might be seeing in the Big 12 Championship here in a few months. Now I'd like to introduce you to a new segment of the show in which I'll be making picks against the spread each and every week here on the Blackout. This week I've got two games for you that I really like. First, at noon Eastern time on ESPN, I like number two Georgia going to Columbia, Missouri to play the Tigers. In this one, Georgia heads to Missouri as a 14-point favorite on the road. Missouri's doing exactly what we've seen them do in recent seasons. They score a lot of points. They put up a lot of yards against inferior competition. And then, when they meet good competition... I expect them to struggle this season just as they have in the past few years. We know that Georgia has more talent. We know that Georgia's playing really good football. Jake Fromm is going up against a defense that can't stop the pass. And the running attack that Georgia has will simply overpower Missouri, unlike what Missouri has been able to slow down in the running game so far this season. If you couldn't tell already, I'm taking Georgia minus the 14 points at Missouri. Next, I'm going to a 3.30 Eastern time kickoff on CBS as Texas A&M travels to play number one Alabama. The Crimson Tide in this one is a 26-point favorite, and they've looked near unstoppable with Tua Tungavaloa at the reins of that offense. If you've listened to the blackout any so far, you know that I've gained an awful lot of respect for Texas A&M in the early going. What they did in week two in their game against Clemson was very impressive, And what Kellen Mond has done in transforming into a legitimate passer has been very, very impressive so far. Earlier this week, I put a poll out on my Twitter account, at TB on the blackout, asking you what you thought about this game. I knew not many people were going to pick Texas A&M to win, so I simply asked whether Texas A&M would stay in contention in this game or not. Out of 120 votes so far, only 8% of you said that Texas A&M will actually go and win this game in Tuscaloosa. That's no surprise. However, 48% of you said that Texas A&M will in fact keep the game close, but still lose. And another 44% of you have said so far that Alabama will win this game in blowout fashion. Well, I agree with the 48% of you who said that Texas A&M will keep this game close. The Aggies have been too impressive for me so far to believe that Alabama is just going to run all over this team like they have other opponents so far. Watch for the Aggies to keep this game competitive as Jimbo Fisher has this team rolling in the right direction. I'm going with Texas A&M plus the 26. That's all I have for this episode of The Blackout. But until I get my next episode out, I'd love to hear from you. As always, just remember, at TB on the Blackout. You can find me there on Twitter and Periscope and at gmail.com. 
Be sure to stay tuned next week as I'll get you another episode heading into week five of the college football season, including sounds from week four, my expectations and picks for the upcoming weekend, and next week is my first chance to welcome a guest back for a second time to the show. That's because Dan Hope of 11warriors.com will be back on the blackout to discuss Ohio State's trip to Penn State and a key matchup that will help determine the Big Ten race. Until then, thank you so much for listening to the show. I can't wait to get you more information as we go throughout the college football season. You've been listening to The Blackout, and this is Thomas Black.